they should have sent more. And he was right not to have told them how fast his axe was. They also should have taken more note of the knife and the sword he carried with it. He filled the water skins before he threw their bodies in the well and headed north into the desert. More would come. No need to leave them fresh water to drink, let them pace themselves by what was left in their own water skins. At the time, it had seemed like a good idea. And more had come. Chasing them as they picked their way homewards from waterhole to oasis to well, and every time they came, he met the pursuers with axe and sword and left the bodies bobbing in the water to confound the followers. Lords of the water they might be, but if he could slow them down by leaving that water undrinkable, they might get home. Again, it had seemed like a good idea. His master, the emissary suffered a second knife wound the third time they were attacked. It was bad. It might have healed. He told the older man it likely would, and because he had sworn a blood oath to protect him with his own life, his master took comfort and believed him. But just as the emissary had been charged with delivering a message, his guard had sworn another blood oath to the emperor and was charged to return with the reply at all costs, and tending his master would slow him. Faced with breaking one oath, or both, he steeled himself to break the word given to the lesser authority, and did him the kindness. He did it while the wounded man slept, because he had liked him greatly, and wanted him to go easy. But still, he left his body with the others in the well. He meant no disrespect, and told himself the emissary would have understood that he had had to break the lesser oath in order to be true to the greater. He also hoped he would have approved of the fact that in death he was doing a last service to his own master. If his horse had not stumbled on a drift of shale, and broken its leg as it threw him onto the ground, he might have made it. He gave it the kindness as fast as he could, but though it swung sweetly, his axe sang a jarringly wrong note as it hit the stones beneath and chipped the blade. He took that as more of an ill omen than the fallen horse. He scowled, shouldered the last half-empty water skin, and limped his way north, trying not to think that his bad luck was punishment for a broken oath. They found him two days later, because the birds had started to wheel above where he lay. By this time he was close to death, and run so mad with thirst that his mind was already halfway out of his body, and so close to the cold seas of his heart's home that he kept mistaking the vultures wheeling overhead for the remembered ravens of his happier life. When he first saw the men who found him, he thought he recognised some of those he'd left in the wells, and he understood, in a blurred moment of relative clarity, that he was stuck between the worlds of the living and the dead. 
He even glimpsed the familiar face of his master at the back of the angry crowd, before the light slipped through his fingers, and he plummeted into the welcoming dark of unconsciousness. The men who found him did not give him the kindness. They gave him water. <laughs>